1: Welcome to week eight of the original 11 and leading into a matchup that is like few Princeton has seen in decades of football here. Uh, Joined by Cody Cruschel, later on we will have senior linebacker Mark Fassati, who uh, gives a little more insight into both the Cornell game and this week coming up. Uh, Cody, let's hit a little bit on the Cornell win since that was a couple days ago. Uh, You know, we talked about The potential for, you know, a pretty good Cornell defense to keep this one close. What we didn't account for necessarily is what would happen if Cornell was the one turning the ball over. When you're the kind of favored team almost, turnovers is what you fear. But if they start getting turnovers in short fields for that offense, I think what you saw on Saturday is is the result. And it was it got quick. It got ugly quick.
3: Yeah, Princeton's average starting field position was right around midfield. They picked off those four passes, and it was an interesting game because you looked at the box score at halftime, and um, yeah, I mean just look at the stats at the end of the game. If I tell you John Lovett throws for 133 yards, Charlie Volker runs for 30 yards, and Jesper Horstead and Steven Carlson combined for six catches and no receiving touchdowns. You're
1: legitimately nervous. You may have lost the game.
3: 45 nothing at the half, 66 nothing at the end of the day. Balanced effort offensively and defensively, and that was the,
1: the showing, and that was what Princeton can do on display. I mean, it's the craziest thing is, is you can't really even remember a specific offensive play from the game. It's just it was very much kind of Princeton doing Princeton things, getting third downs, you know, converting in the red zone. It was – there wasn't one kind of – remarkable offensive play until you get to like the Zachary Keller and Cole Smith touchdowns in the fourth quarter. They did everything right.
3: You nine trips to the red zone, you score nine times, you stop Cornell in all four of their fourth down conversion attempts, nine for 13 on first down. This is a Princeton team. They did everything well in that contest and Cornell coming in, they were a game out of first place. If they beat Princeton on Saturday, they would have had a chance to you know, control their own destiny going forward, and Princeton just slammed the door.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we had talked during the season about close, close to a shutout, close to a shutout. You could tell how much they wanted it this time. And again, it's second string guys, it's third string guys uh, at the end. But but when the starters were in, they were in full control of that game. And you know, we we have touched on the play of T.J. Floyd this season, but. Now we're getting into some numbers that are actually pretty impressive. Six interceptions already on the season. And you can just see his growth, you know, physically, but also in the mindset in that backfield. And he is a clear leader back there. He has a sense of where the ball is all the time and is making those plays. You know, six interceptions, second only to Dartmouth's Isaiah Swan going into this weekend. And and he looks like a player that really is going to be an anchor for this defense, not only this year, but but next.
3: Six interceptions, not only second in the Ivy League behind Isaiah Swan, but second in the nation with those six interceptions. Floyd's been great. He had the two interceptions, and then the other guys that had him, Jeremiah Tyler, Trevor Forbes. Tyler's a guy you've been saying all year. He's going to make some really big plays. He doesn't necessarily show up in the box score because he's at that will linebacker position, but he's made some great plays, and then Trevor Forbes, he settled into that nickel back role, and Princeton just a little bit thin in the secondary. You couldn't tell on Saturday.
1: You also have to like that Floyd, Tyler, Forbes—all guys who have eligibility left past this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple other guys that I would hit on: Samuel Wright turning into really a special player. He, uh, you know, a sophomore on that defensive line gets another sack to take over the team lead. And then a player like Anthony Saragusa, who is, you know, been part of the rotation here, kind of middle of last season into into this year. And you can just see the depth of this team, where if you're going to kind of focus on one side of the line or focus on the, the inside linebackers, and you're going to let Saragusa roam free. He ends the game with seven tackles and one-and-a-half tackles for loss. I know he got the, the defensive game ball for Princeton. It's It's just another sign of just the overall depth in this defensive group. Well, let me ask you this. Who's the best player on the Princeton defense? You could if have I that to be absolutely at Butler.
3: It's one answer. If I ask you against Monmouth, it's another. And you can go game by game. You can make an argument for nine or 10 guys at different points this season. Okay, he's the best player on this Princeton defense. Really tough to game plan for if you're an opposing offensive coordinator.
1: And that's certainly the uh, the job of, of Dartmouth this week. You know, you'll obviously get into it more Thursday on, on the Bob Saray show. But, you know, we're six days out, five days out. Um, this looks like it has the makings of a classic. It's two lines that are big and strong, two offenses that are efficient, two defenses that have been just frankly dominant in the league this year. Um, I think if you're if you're going to look at kind of one of those one-on-one matchups, and, and certainly Isaiah Swan and TJ Floyd's a good one on the defensive side, but you have two monsters at the quarterback position in, in John Lovett and Jared Gerbino. And I think you could see those two combine for 50 carries or... or, or in the first four, half. Right. 50, 40 carries and, and 20 play-action passes. I mean, I think the ball is going to be in those two hands a lot. And this is, you know, obviously there's two weeks to go after it, but that's an exciting way to, to kind of maybe determine your champion. We know
3: all about John Lovett. Can't really say anything we haven't said a couple of times this season. Jared Gerbino, we remember what happened last year up in Hanover. Three of his four touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Rushed for 200 yards. Carried the ball 35 times. That was really uh, whatever the opposite of an exclamation point is on the end of that Princeton season defensively where they just lost guys to injury and were worn down. And Dartmouth ran the football nearly 60 times in that contest. But... You know, Gerbino having another great season. He's top five in the Ivy League in rushing, even though he didn't play the first two years. He has six rushing touchdowns. Coming off a game against Harvard where he rushed for 183 yards, and you get the feeling that they're going to try to employ that same strategy this weekend. You know, just kind of going through my prep, you look at Dartmouth. Okay, what do you want out of what makes a good football team? You have... A quarterback who doesn't make mistakes, and that's Derek Kyler. Ten touchdowns, one interception on the season. He's only throwing the ball nine or ten times a game the past four weeks, but he doesn't make mistakes. He leads the nation in completion percentage. You have a diverse running game. You have Rashad Cooper and Miles Smith and a couple of guys behind them, and then Jared Gerbino out of that wildcat. You have experienced wideouts who don't drop the football. You have five seniors on the offensive line that average right around 300 pounds. And then defensively, you have an elite pass rusher in Rocco DeLeo. You have a middle linebacker in, in Jack Trainer, who last year was second in the Ivy League in tackles. He was unanimous first team. And a shutdown corner in Isaiah Swan. That checks pretty much every box you want to
1: check if you're a coach. It absolutely does. And when you look at the success that Princeton has had this year, you know, those boxes have been checked by Princeton too. They haven't necessarily been checked by any of the teams we've seen the first seven weeks. They've all had a couple things, a check here, a check there. But this is by far the most complete team that Princeton has seen this season. You know, if you look at, you know, the comparative scores of the two Harvard games over the last two weeks, you know, Harvard's a a good, solid team that was in both of those games late. uh, But both Princeton and Dartmouth find ways to hold on in the fourth quarter. I think you're looking at a really tight, really, a game where you would expect teams to be, I think, fairly conservative, make sure no turnovers, no short fields. I do think you'll see your deep shots, though, by Princeton if they can get John John Love a time, and that is, you mentioned, Rocco DeLeo, the Ivy League leader in sacks. They have to know where he is at all times.
3: That's one of those things. Can he have time? So far this year, the answer has been yes, but I don't know that the Tigers have really faced that elite pass rusher. Rocco DeLeo, he's a 50-year senior, a big guy at 6'3", 285, seven sacks he's the ivy league leader there if he does have time that wideout matchup like it is most weeks for the tigers is an advantage opposite isaiah swan dwayne terry he's a sophomore doesn't have a ton of experience highly touted recruit they ended up pulling him from that game in the fourth quarter last week and that's maybe a spot where the tigers could could exploit it opposite isaiah swan
1: Probably not going to get too much throwing towards number 25. No, but you know if that is is against him, they're going to take those shots there, and that's just going to be one of so many fun matchups. You know, you, you, you can't wait for weeks like this where you can go through one matchup after another after another. Offense versus defense, special teams, how do they match up? Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's a Saturday game, 1 p.m. on ESPN Plus, on NBC Sports Philadelphia, NBC Sports Boston, we're all uh, over the place. Yeah, it's it's you can't promote this one enough. It's going to be a, a good one and a key player in the game. Somebody who uh, whose injury last year gave him the opportunity to play in a game like this and to frankly get Princeton into a situation like this. He is a captain an inside linebacker. Princeton's leader in tackles. Let's hear now from Mark Fassati. Mark, we talked a couple times this year about kind of your journey here and the fact that. You know, you thought going into last season that that was your senior year. To be part of this run that, that Princeton has had, um, how, how good does it feel? How kind of, you know, it's a brutal injury at the time, but how thankful are you to, to be here and to be part of this, and a big part of this?
2: Yeah, no, thankful is a great word for it. Um, this is such a great opportunity for, you know, Princeton football um the fact that i got another chance to you know be a part of this is is something spectacular um you know i like to think you know god works in his in his ways for a reason and uh i think uh this happening you know or me getting injured last year um and bringing me back again this year was uh you know a huge uh, part of god saying like what he wanted for me
1: you know you you had the kind of two and a half games of experience but When you had the offseason and you were kind of finally healthy, like what were the areas that you really focused on? You felt like, okay, now that I have a taste of what this position is like and and everything that goes into it, this is where I really have to grow.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think going into uh, last season, I was worried about, you know, trying to get big or get fast or anything like that. Um, But this year, it was a little little different. You know, I I felt like I could play, I knew I could play um, at this level. and it was more of just like critiquing my craft, like kind of working, like trying to be a linebacker, you know, you know, working on your footwork, um, you know, working on the little steps like that. And then working on specifically, you know, uh, drawing up plays and run fits. Um, that's a huge part of, of our, our defense, you know, is filling gaps that are open. And, you know, you see a lot of times on film, you know, other teams linebackers who just can't get it right and I think that the experience with uh, Tom and myself you know we really showed that you know we we know the game pretty well
1: you know those first two games last year you had I think at least 11 tackles a game and then Tom ends up the year with close to 100 tackles for the season and you look at the stat like the individual stat sheets and your your tackle numbers aren't that close to where they were but the team has been so much better as a whole. Explain to people kind of why that happens, why better team stats don't necessarily translate to individual numbers.
2: Yeah, I mean, a huge part of that is, uh, you know, we, we've been dominating games and we've been able to rotate people in and out. Um, and, and that's, you know, real good for the guys who need to get that uh, in-game experience. And it helps their program moving forward um, in the future. You know, those guys have that experience. Um, so we might not have the same numbers, you know, we did last year, where we were wait um, a lot more competitive games. But um, you know, as as a team, we much rather see you know low individual numbers and high team numbers, you know, than the other way around. So you know, we've been on the other end of it, and uh, this is a much better feeling.
1: Obviously, you guys took control of that game, you know, in the first half against Cornell. You had had games where you're forcing three and outs and punts, but. How good a feeling is it when you start getting those takeaways and you're giving your offense a short field? How much do you build off of, you know, just momentum plays like that?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh it's it's it works both ways. I mean, uh we we get that juice, you know, coming right off the sideline um from the kickoff team. I mean, we saw we saw, you know, James Johnson one play last week. Um he had a huge hit on kickoff and, you know, that kind of fired us up going right into the uh the open the next series. And I think that's kind of what carries this team is, uh, you know, we, we we fire each other up with, you know, not only, like, our, our talk and our communication with each other, but, you know, it's just our, the plays we make on the field, um, you know, gets gets everyone going. And it's a great feeling to have, you know, 100 guys out there with you who want to do the same thing and want the same goal.
1: You've limited teams to pretty low numbers. You hadn't had that shutout yet. And, you know, as you mentioned before, by the fourth quarter, you're kind of just a a bystander on the sideline. How much did you guys want that? And, and I know Cornell got close, you know, maybe inside the 30, but how good a feeling was it to finally kind of get that shot, get
2: that zero? Yeah, it was a great feeling. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier, it has to do with all the all the guys that we get going and uh, the guys rotating in. I mean, yeah, it shows us how, how deep we are. You know, our our you know, late stringers are going to end there and they're pitching the shutout as well. You know, it's not just us. So, you know, we're, we're out early and, and those guys – you know they're begging for the chance to play, and uh, and that fires us up too. You know we we want to see them out there, and we want to see them excel. And uh, you know getting a shutout is a perfect way for them to prove that.
1: You know it's only Monday now, so I know you haven't seen much, of, if if any film at this point on Dartmouth. So instead of looking kind of at that team, I mean you know it's a good team, you know it's going to be a tough game, but it's it's such a big game. I mean it's one that people kind of outside of the Outside of your program, have have kind of looked at for a few weeks now and said, "Man, if they can both get there at seven and oh one One thing I've been so impressed about this team is is kind of how you've taken it week by week, and you haven't, you know, overlooked anybody. But how do you now kind of flip it the other way and be like, "You you're not too high for this game on Tuesday, or you're not too high for the game kind of at kickoff," you know, and and keep kind of that level energy, which has been high regardless, but but the same way you've done it weeks one through seven?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I think our coaching staff has done a tremendous job with uh, helping us be, get ready for, you know, games like this um, by focusing on the game at hand. Um, so in previous weeks, you know, just focusing on the team at hand and firing yourself the same way. Um, obviously, this is a, a very high-stakes game for the Ivy League, and, uh, you know, there's going to be a, a great atmosphere at the game. Um, so is, the juices will be flowing, uh you know pregame and and during the game I'm sure um but it's all just you know going back to uh, what we've what we've done in previous games and how we've prepared for those you know we got to just remain calm and uh you know let our uh, let our uh, film work and practice do the work
1: it is a special one though i mean you have to monday you have to be thinking at least party is like man i can't wait for this to get here
2: yeah no absolutely i mean yeah, this is a this is a huge game i mean I I don't want to say I've been thinking about it for a while now, but like my my, my I know my parents have been talking about it. Uh, they keep telling me, you know, they got so many family coming to this game, and uh, and I was just telling them, you know, when I was in previous weeks, you know, I'm worried worried about this this team we're facing now. But uh, but you know, since they're finally here, you know, I guess I could talk about it with my family.
1: How special for you, you know, this is now because you 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 had the injury last year. I mean, this is the fifth year you've been associated with the program. How special is it for you to have Princeton football in a game that has national significance? You know, obviously, you're not talking about playoffs or anything like that. But this is a two of the four teams undefeated in the FCS, you know, for inside, you know, pole position in the Ivy championship race two top 20 teams. It's got to be a good feeling to, to know that you and your classmates have helped put Princeton into this spot.
2: Yeah, it's a great feeling. I mean, we're we're representing you know our football program. We're representing the university. Um, you know, as we sit here and talk, we're in like this tremendous room where they're uh, you know recently donated, and and you know we we couldn't have done it without you know the support of uh, the people throughout the the alumni and the university um, from all programs. And I just think uh, it's it's a very uh, humbling thing when you when you you see. Uh, um, some kind of rankings or anything like that and you're playing a big team um, and you have the ability to prepare for them in the facilities and the, um, and the, uh, all the uh, coaching staff and, and strength coaches, you know all the personnel that helps out with the program, um, they've all helped us get it here. And uh, you know, we couldn't thank them enough.
1: Thank you for listening to this edition of the Original 11. Saturday's game is a 1 p.m. start. ESPN Plus, as well as NBC Sports Philadelphia and NBC Sports Boston. You can listen on TuneIn, as well as 103.3 FM WPRB. Thank you for listening to this edition of The Original Eleven.
2: Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at.